Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Omar Bourne and Allison Panisi. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Omar Bourne. And I'm Allison Panisi. And you are our listeners. And as always, we thank you for joining us. We want you to come back as often as you can. So feel free to listen to Prep Talk on your favorite podcast provider. You can also follow us on social media on our Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT, Facebook, Instagram, and much more. Allison, 2020 has been a year packed full of emergencies, especially here in New York City. One thing remains constant, and that is the need for accurate and timely information. That's right, Omar. From severe weather to health emergencies like COVID-19, emergency managers on the local, state, and federal level have a big responsibility to ensure the public stays informed and takes appropriate action when disaster strikes. So joining us to discuss best practices and challenges for running emergency communications is Rebecca Baudendistel, who is the Director of Public Warning at New York City Emergency Management, and she also oversees Notify NYC, New York City's official emergency communications program. Becca, welcome back to Prep Talk. Hey, Allison and Omar. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Becca, let's get right into it. Now, New York City has been especially busy with emergencies, as I've said. In fact, from July 2019 through June 2020, Notify NYC has sent uh, close to 4,000 alerts to over 800,000 subscribers. Now, in your experience, what are the challenges of keeping the public informed, especially over the past year? Sure. Yeah, we've definitely been busy this year. I would say, you know, some of the hardest things about messaging has been just the sheer volume of it, which is certainly different than other years. Um, as you mentioned, we've had a lot of a lot of incidents kind of going on simultaneously. And one of the the issues in public warning as a whole is always kind of over alerting versus under alerting um, because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to send people too many messages and then you lose their attention. And the issue with this year has been there's just been so many things going on that you really have to toe that line extra close. Uh, So we've been trying to use as many different tools as we can to do that in a way that still keeps people engaged. So, Becca, one of the tools used by the Notify NYC program to keep New Yorkers informed about ongoing incidents is a short code messaging service, um, and it is currently being used during the COVID-19 pandemic. Can you tell our listeners about that? Sure. So this is actually a new or fairly new capability that we're really excited about. Um, We've used it a few times in the past for mainly large-scale planned events such as New Year's Eve, Thanksgiving Day Parade things like that. And basically it gives uh, New Yorkers a way to subscribe to notify NYC alerts that are specific to an individual incident. Um, In this case, we can also use it for emergencies, which we did for the previous Queens sewage backup incident. And that was uh, helpful for the residents in that area. It was a very localized event, but it was a, a quick way to get them information as that incident unfolded. And then for COVID, you know, we, we started this uh, as a way for people to quickly opt in to notify to receive COVID-specific information. And it's actually been one of our biggest successes. I mean, so far, uh, we've had over 875,000 people sign up 
Um, and we also, this was the first time we were able to launch a keyword in Spanish as well. So we could reach uh, Spanish speaking New Yorkers about COVID as well. So it's been a really, it's been a really kind of impressive tool in our toolbox. And this is a, a really good use case of it. Now, here in New York City, we have 8.6 million residents. And obviously, if we got 8.6 million people, we're looking at people who speak different languages. So what has Notify NYC done to ensure that a message reaches non-English speaking New Yorkers or even those with limited English proficiency? Yeah, our goal is always with Notify NYC to reach as many people as possible. Um, and, you know, we've made a lot of improvements with the program in that direction. Um, currently, you can sign up to get alerts in 13 languages in addition to English, which is really great. Um, we also, like I mentioned, for the first time, we're able to use a Spanish SMS opt-in keyword for COVID, meaning that you could sign up to receive COVID alerts in Spanish. Um, and we also amplified all of our COVID messaging uh, on Twitter in both simplified and traditional Chinese. Prior to launching our multilingual messaging, we've actually been issuing messages uh, with an American Sign Language component. Uh, so basically, we have a lot of pre-translated content for a variety of emergencies um, that people can get a link to right at the bottom of every message that goes out in English. So they can be taken to a video that corresponds to that message, but is fully in American Sign Language. So we're making a lot of strides uh, in that direction. And I think it's definitely important and we want to continue down that road. So in addition to the short code messaging and uh, multilingual messaging, Notify NYC sends emails, text messages, phone calls, and alerts through the Notify NYC mobile application, just to name a few. But in addition to that, um, Becca, your team has assisted the city in sending wireless emergency alerts, or WIAs, which provide critical emergency updates to all equipped cell phones in New York City. Can you explain to our listeners why it's important to offer the public an opt-in notification system when something like WIA already exists? Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the nail right on the head there. Wireless emergency alerts or the WIA system, you know, they're meant to provide critical information in the most severe incidents. It's, uh, it's a very powerful tool and it's very far reaching. And there are cases where that's necessary, but on a more day to day basis, um, you know, you really want to give people the information that comes to them in a customizable way. Uh, in my experience, alerts are much more effective when they're relevant to the person receiving them meaning um, you don't want to kind of send messaging that you think people want. It's much better to have them sign up for what they need because um, then you have a more captive audience. And also in New York City, I mean, we all know that everything is may not necessarily be a you know severe emergency, but it can still disrupt your day. I mean, you know, your train being delayed, traffic being an issue. Those are what we call quality of life messaging. And those are also important um, kind of on those non- severe incident day. So while we do have that as one of our tools, we try to only reserve it for the most critical events. And what has the feedback been like from the subscribers? Uh, how do they feel about the messaging and the types of messages that they are receiving? It's been fairly positive. I mean, over the years that I've been here, we've done um, a few customer surveys, actually, because, of course, we want to serve people as best we can. Um, and we actually have made programmatic changes based off of the feedback we've gotten from customers. For example, recently, I think this was just, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, we actually created a, a group specific for weather notifications because people had shown us that that was one of the categories they're most interested in. Um, and it wasn't a standalone category at the time. So now when you sign up, 
there are multiple options for you to tailor your messages. And it really creates an environment where you can make sure you're getting only the information you need the way that you need it. That's what it's about, the information that you need and the, the way that you need it. Now, if people were developing a communications program similar to Notify NYC in their jurisdiction, what advice would you give them? I think first off, you know, you have to develop a threshold for messaging because of what constitutes an emergency varies uh, depending on location. I know like in New York City, a road closure may not be an emergency, but in a smaller jurisdiction, an arterial road being closed for an extended period of time could be a significant issue. So maybe that's something they want to alert about. Um, so I think that you need to have a, an honest conversation about your locality and kind of what your hazards are um, and go from there. I would also say the two biggest things to get done ahead of time before the disaster are to develop a clear authority and approval structure for messaging, because that's not the time when you want to be figuring out, you know, who needs to send this, who needs to approve it, et cetera. And also to make sure that you treat your messaging like a brand. Um, building public trust is difficult, but it can be done. And the problem is you have to you have to live up to that trust every day. So on your more routine messaging days, that's when you really build that trust for when there is a big emergency. Um, and then the last thing I would say is with public warning, one size does not fit all. You definitely have to use all the tools available to you. Um, we call it, you know, we, for example, like we talked about, is just one tool in the toolbox is what we say, but you really have to use everything at your disposal to try to get messaging out as far as you can. So you definitely can't have uh, kind of a one size fits all view of public warning. And public warning is so important. I want you to talk about practice because I think that's key. Uh, and I know you guys have something called WIA Wednesdays, but how important is it for people to be able to practice this messaging so that in the emergency, it, it comes a second nature. You don't want the day that you have questions about how to send messages be the day that they're critical to get out quickly. Um, you know, public alerting is very focused on correct information being issued in a timely manner. And so we drill a lot at New York City Emergency Management. Our public warning specialists, they do great work and they work, you know, 24-7 in that unit to send out messaging. And when we're not in the midst of an emergency, we're practicing sending out messaging. So like you mentioned, we do we at Wednesdays where the public warning specialists on duty, um, I actually send them mock scenarios. They draft alerts as quickly as they can, and then we review them as a team. Um, so they're using their skills to draft messaging, but also the systems themselves, which is very important because, uh, you know, I guess I would say luckily, but the system itself to issue these critical alerts doesn't get used that often. So you really have to make sure that when it's it's game time, you know, you know exactly what you're doing. So practice is, is very important. And that's also why I mentioned having the clear authority and approval structure in place ahead of time, which is something that is also useful to test in these practicing and the drills that we do, because you want to make sure that not only does your operator know how to send a message, but the people who are going to be called upon to basically approve the issuance of it also need to know their role ahead of time and what's expected of them. So it's really a team effort to make sure everyone is prepared. And when we talk about tests, obviously, there is a template in which you have this is a test. This is a drill clearly slated all over um, this this message. Is that correct? Because one of the things that we've seen in the past is that emergency uh, warning systems have slipped up and sent uh, test messages to the general public. Uh, so I guess the question would be, 
uh, what protocols are in place to prevent that from happening uh, here at emergency management? Definitely. I mean, that's always a concern of anybody in the public warning field. Um, for us, you know, even when we do testing, it's still a two-person process. So it's never just one person sitting there pushing out a, a test message. Um, secondly, all testing is done in a completely different environment from the live environment. They use different credentials, everything. So it's it's kind of, you know, knock on wood, very difficult to be in a live environment and not know it. And then third, when we do testing, uh, we might draft messaging based on a scenario that we've come up with, but the test language regarding the specific scenario or, you know, drill, whatever it is, doesn't ever actually go in the system. So basically what I mean is I could give you a, a mock incident that's occurred. You would draft me a, an alert based on that incident. But when we go through the process of actually sending a test alert, the test alert language is always standard and says this is a test and that's all it says. So we don't ever use drill content in the actual system just in case. It goes back to what we say in emergency management um, and emergency preparedness is to have a plan in place so we know how to take action and respond appropriately. So it's really great to hear that Notify NYC has a plan in place. How has emergency communications evolved over the last few years and where do you see it going? Well, I've been involved in public alerting now for about six years. And even in that short amount of time, uh, there's been huge changes to the industry and also our program. I think the first thing is definitely an increase in technology. We have a much bigger presence on social media, I think, than we did years ago. And also, um, like we mentioned, you know, we have this new SMS opt-in capability. Uh, we also have gotten a lot of improvements to the wireless emergency alert system that have been helpful including our ability to send messages now uh, over that system in 360 characters and in Spanish is also very useful. Uh, so definitely a lot of technology. And I would also say the changes over the last few years by themselves have been in kind of industry communication, I guess. Uh, we've done a lot more coordination specifically on public alerting with other jurisdictions, you know, about best practices and experiences, lessons learned, things like that. And I, that's really it's improved, I think, everybody across the board. Um, you know, we tend to get together with other jurisdictions on an emergency management level in general. But in my time, there hasn't been as much interaction just about public alerting. And that has certainly increased over the last few years. So it's been a really good learning experience, I think, nationwide. There's a lot of opportunities out there that we want to push towards, such as, you know, smart technologies here now. It'd be interesting to see how public alerting can tie into that. I also mentioned the improvements we had to wireless emergency alerts in the last few years, but going forward, um, our geotargeting capabilities, meaning how granular we can get with a wireless emergency alert, is only going to improve. Um, so that'll be really interesting as well, because now we have the capability to send more localized alerts for a localized, uh, you know, severe incident. So I think technology is definitely the way to go in the future as well. Becca, for our listeners. Can you talk to them about the importance of signing up for a program like Notify NYC? Why should I have it? Notify NYC, you know, we strive every day to make sure that people are prepared as they go about their lives. In the, in the event of a real, real emergency, like a significant emergency, um, you know, we are the official source for information. And it's very important to have timely, trusted information from one source um, that you can act on if you need to. 
So one of our goals as well is, you know, we do a lot of interagency communication to make sure that we're working across the city to kind of get out this one message that's actionable for people. And you only get that message if you're going to sign up. So you really need to have this as one of the, the, the tools in your preparedness kit and make sure that you're ready to receive emergency communication. And how can people sign up for Notify NYC? I like to say, if you don't know, now you know. So tell the people. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of ways. Basically, we try to we try to be as customizable as we can. So, you know, you can sign up on Twitter. Just follow us. Uh, you can go to nyc.gov slash notify NYC and sign up for email, text message, phone call alerts. Uh, you can download our mobile app, which is my personal favorite. Um, I think that, you know, that's a very useful tool. You know, it's free. It's in the App Store for, for either Google or uh, Apple. Those are the main ways. And that's at Notify NYC on Twitter, correct? Yes. All right. We're talking to Becca Baudendistel. Rapid Response is up next. But first, here is a message from New York City Emergency Management. New Yorkers love to be the first to know. That's why the city of New York has Notify NYC. So you can be the first to know when an emergency happens. If there's a fire in your neighborhood or the weather takes a turn for the worse. Stay informed with Notify NYC. Get the free app today for your Apple or Android device. You can also visit nyc.gov slash notify NYC, call 311, or follow Notify NYC on Twitter. Because a notified New Yorker is a prepared New Yorker. If you don't know, now you know. You're listening to Prep Talk. The Emergency Management Podcast. It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response. All right, it is Rapid Response time. And if you are a first-time listener, it's simple. Omar and I will ask questions and our guest will give the first answer that comes to mind. Okay, Becca, what is the one emergency item you cannot live without? Uh, Battery-powered radio. Second question, the one thing you want listeners to know about personal preparedness? That it's continuous and it's never really done. You have to kind of always be upkeeping it. I like that. Last but not least, sum up the work you do in one word. That's tough, but I'd have to go with impactful. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, So if you live, you work in New York City, or even if you're coming to visit, you can stay informed by signing up for Notify NYC. Visit nyc.gov slash Notify NYC. You could download the free mobile app, or you can follow at Notify NYC on Twitter. That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.